Today's episode is sponsored by More Labs. More Labs offers vegan and gluten-free supplements with proven ingredients to help you fight everyday stressors. Hangovers can be rough. Morning recovery is designed to reduce the negative effects after drinking and boost your body's natural response to post-alcohol recovery. Aqua Plus Probiotics and Aqua Plus Immunity are hydration mix options to help with gut health or immune health. Lacking energy? Check out Liquid Focus, a better-for-you energy drink that's designed to boost focus and provide clean, smooth energy. Sleep is the key to the best version of yourself, so try Dream Well, a holistic shot made to help you fall asleep quickly and give you a better night's rest. Can't decide? The Life Hack Pack is a variety pack containing their morning recovery, liquid focus, and dream well. Use the code GJWT to get 20% off when you check out at morelabs.com. That's GJWT at morelabs.com. Welcome to today's episode, where we'll be talking about human design and the different energy types with Graciela Razor. And the episode starts in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. I'm Diana. And I'm Naomi. And this is Girls Just Want to Thrive. It's a lifestyle podcast where we talk to women who are thriving not only in their careers, but in life. We'll discuss current and relevant topics in beauty, wellness, dating and relationships, and self-care. We would love for you to join our new community for uplifting women from all walks of life. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be the first to hear new episodes every week. Hey everybody, today we have a special guest. She is a writer, artist, and human design reader, Graciela Racer. Graciela, welcome. Hi guys, so glad to be here. Now, can you go a little bit backwards before you started human design? What's your background? What were you initially doing before you got into this? And where did you even go to school? Sure. So I know we're all very excited to get into what human design actually is. Most people haven't heard of it. Um, But before we get into that, my background is in corporate. So I'm coming to this from a little bit of a different angle than you typically would. But when you really rewind all the way back, I'm from California originally. I grew up kind of around those spiritual hippie vibes. So this was always very much a part of who I was and something that I kind of learned to suppress as I got older. I think a lot of us have had that experience where we might have started to ignore parts of ourselves that weren't uh, big money makers or couldn't quote unquote get us ahead. And so I really stopped listening to that part of myself and, you know, kind of kept my head down as I went to school. I eventually made it out to the East Coast. So went to Boston University, 
again, not your spiritual Mecca. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, just continued on into corporate PR in New York City until a couple years ago when I realized that I was really interested in getting back to that part of myself. At the very beginning of that, I actually heard about human design on a podcast that was back in 2018. So I'm hoping that for many people, this is the same experience where they're just kind of feeling a little bit, a little bit off track and hear something that helps them get back to themselves. And so just started slowly getting back on that path that I know so many of us are on right now of getting back to myself, of reprioritizing, um, taking account of everything in my life that needed to be there and didn't need to be there and making space for the things that I really enjoyed to come through. So for those of us that aren't familiar with human design, can you break down for us what it is and what it means to be a human design reader? Sure. So as I said before, I think most of us aren't familiar with human design because even Mm -hmm. though I heard about it a couple years ago, most of the people I talk to are still pretty unfamiliar with it. So if you're hearing about it for the first time today, do not worry. We're going to go through all of it. And I promise you, it's very, very accessible. I know some of the stuff online about it is a little bit overwhelming, but I'm here to just talk about it you know, like a real person, (laughs) not a guru. (laughs) Um, But backing up a little bit, human design is the study of the aura. So we all know we have our body and then we have an energetic body that surrounds us by about six feet. And the idea is that every person has a different type of energetic body or energy body, um, energy type as you'll hear me refer to it. And human design provides a roadmap towards how to use that energy type to create more flow in your life. It's not really, I'm not here to predict the future. I'm not a psychic. It's more about figuring out how to live your life in that alignment and really get back to that person your soul came here to be. So It's comprised of a few different modalities. It's actually quite a new study. Um, It is a mix of astrology, the I Ching, the chakra system. So I know a lot of us are familiar with that, and it really plays on that. And then it has um, some elements of Kabbalah as well. So those all come together to create something that's really, really unique. And I like to say like a supercharged version of astrology. Like astrology, you will have a natal chart. And that's all your human design is based on. It's just your exact birth date, time, and place, which is really crazy. There's nothing to fill out like the Enneagram, nothing like that. It's just all you kind of all that your soul came here to be. And I will mention right now, just in case anyone listening wants to go ahead and look up their chart and follow along with us right now, because you're going to want to, you can go to mybodygraph.com and just enter that info that I mentioned. It's totally free. The chart won't make any sense to you, but you'll at least see what energy type you are. And that will really help you get a lot more out of this podcast. Awesome. So you mentioned that 
there's these different energy types. Can you explain to us what those energy types are, their their characteristics, and um, maybe the conditioning for each of those types? Sure. Yes. So this is kind of your human design 101 entry point is the energy type. So maybe one day we'll all be saying, I know we all know our sun signs in astrology. I'm a Libra. And, you know, I don't know much more than that because I'm actually not an astrology junkie. (laughs) But the idea is that we would all one day be saying our energy types. So there are five different ones and they're all meant to interact very uniquely with the world around them. And like I said, this is really where you tap into that flow that you were kind of born to have in life. Ease is something that everyone is entitled to. And when we're pushing against the way our energy would naturally work, that's when we really begin to feel that stuckness and just kind of that ickiness around what we're doing. So I'll start by going over what manifestors are. And again, if these are brand new terms to you, if you're like, what the heck is, what the heck's a generator, just keep listening. You'll see where your energy type is on the chart. And I think you'll really begin to identify with some of these themes that we're playing with here. But if you are a manifester, This is someone who has the biggest aura out of all the types. So someone whose presence you really, really feel when they walk into a room and people just turn around and say like, okay, like a leader is here, like someone who has arrived, who deserves our attention. And they have the qualities that we typically associate with leaders because many of the manifestors of the past were leaders. So it's that boss energy. But in the new paradigm, we really don't want to think of a manifestor as someone who's seizing power Mm. or being super controlling. It's more about you not being afraid to follow your own path. So being able to embrace that bigness and then be a complete trailblazer instead of a follower. And so what happens for a lot of these types is because they've been charged with bringing that big, innovative, exciting energy that's kind of here to shake things up, they almost will retract from that, especially I notice in women because we're taught to play so small and really shrink ourselves and, you know, not upset anyone, make ourselves the correct fit for the situation. So I'll notice often that this is one of the types that has the most conditioning around it with people who actually end up going all the way to the other end of the spectrum and really getting into like people-pleasing tendencies rather than embracing that bigness and just saying, all right, I'm here to follow my own path. I'm super impulsive and that's, you know, that's cool with me. So that's going to be cool with you. And again, like I said, it's not about bossing anyone around or being rude or anything like that. It's more about just owning that you are here to make stuff happen. Mm, Okay. So that's manifestors. Got it. Mm -hmm. So the next type is generators. And they're people who have this super juicy life force energy. We say they're almost sparkly when they're doing what they love. And 
for them at the end of the day, it's all about doing what they love. And Naomi, you have a little bit of this energy, but it's not, you're not a full generator. So (laughs) you'll probably actually relate to some of what I'm saying about the manifestor and the generator, but we'll get into that. I can already kind of sense it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think if you're listening, you'll have that experience too, where you're like, I think I'm this one. And you'll look it up and it's like, yep, that was me. So yes, generators are here to create what they love and to love what they create. At the end of the day, that is how they get their sense of self-worth, their sense of accomplishment, their joy. And when they do that, that is what makes them so sparkly. And that is what makes it so that others can help but be attracted to them. Um, When they're doing the things they love, they're able to really do that well and do it all day. So they sustain energy by truly just following their bliss. And they're here to find a little more ease with that. So I think that's one that is a challenge for us too. We think that following our bliss is selfish or means that we're not working hard enough when really if we would just listen to ourselves and truly do what we love as a generator at least you would be creating so much good energy for everyone else to feed off of that you would be truly just giving a gift in living your life like that mm-hmm. so for them it's all about letting ease happen, making space for the good things to come through in their life because they're really not here to push for those things to happen. They almost need to let those things happen to them. And the way that those things can come through for them, those really good juicy opportunities, is if they make very firm boundaries and say no to what doesn't light them up. So right now, if you're listening to this and you feel like, you don't have all that juicy, sparkly energy. It may be because there is an energy suck in your life and you need to really identify that and make peace with it and see if it's possible to even cut out of your life in order for those good things to come through. Mm-hmm. Those are very good tips. I'm, I'm taking all these mental notes right now. <laughs> Plenty of mental notes for us today. I know it is a lot of info, so I appreciate you guys sticking with me. We're acting like giant sponges, absorbing everything. (laughs) So, okay, now we get to the good stuff with Naomi's type, and that is the manifesting generator. So why I said you would identify with both is because Mm -hmm. the manifesting generator is a hybrid of the manifester and generator energy. So they get to pull from both of those energies and become these really powerhouse type of people. So they're really the superheroes of earth and they have the biggest life force out of everyone because they have the power to both speak things into existence and like be visionaries like the manifester, but then they also have the energy to get that done, like the generator, if it's something they love. Again, it's going back to following your heart's desires, really being in that generator type of energy is what's going to take you really far. Um, You're really here to experience a multi-passionate life. So 
that's where the difference really comes in. That's the defining factor of these types. They're not here to just pick one thing and do it forever. They're actually here to sample all the different offerings that life has to offer and to get their hands dirty and to be into tennis one month, say, and then give it up and start painting the next month. So for you, it's all about letting go of any shame around changing direction and path. That's a real challenge for an MG because they feel like saying yes to everything, right? But then, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you can't keep doing everything you've said yes to forever. Eventually, you'll feel like shifting gears, changing paths, like that thing is no longer lighting you up. And you should feel free to do that because for you, everything in life is either a gift or a lesson. So if something is calling to you, it really does need you to pursue it. And you just need to give yourself that permission to go down that path because you'll create energy for everyone when you're doing what you love. And what you love has has the power to change. So it's really, really important that you give yourself that permission slip to always change your mind and to let people know, let those around you know if you're changing your mind, but don't feel like you have to be held to their opinion of that. That gave me goosebumps because I could relate to so many different aspects of my life, both personal and professional side to that. Mm, I'm, I'm really going to have to read some more into this because you really, you nailed it on the head. Wow. Thank you for saying that. Let's see if I nail this next one because (laughs) we have gotten to Diana's type and that is the projector. So, oh no, (laughs) I'm nervous. nervous. I'm a projector too, by the way. So fellow projector sisters over here. And (laughs) we've gotten to, so we've gone through all these kind of bigger Um, energetic types. And now we've gotten to people whose energy interacts a little bit differently with the world around them. So we're shifting gears now into the types where their worth is not necessarily tied up in their outputs and what they're doing. It's more tied up in how they see things. So they're really here to see things differently and to do things very, very differently than we've been taught is the right way. And so there's a lot of conditioning for those types as well here because when I talk about being a projector or the reflector, which is the last type that we'll talk about, it'll sound pretty different than how many of us were taught to operate to quote unquote, just do it in life. So these Mm -hmm. types are really a lot more, again, about bringing in that ease and trusting life to work with you, to co-create with you and to just make stuff happen for you. So I like to share a story about projectors that just really helps illustrate their value in the world. And bear with me because it's it starts out being a little silly. But basically, imagine that you are a bird and you are raised among a tribe of squirrels. 
And that whole tribe's goal was to gather as many nuts as possible. So obviously you're a bird, right? So it's a little more challenging for you to gather the nuts. It feels kind of awkward, but you're going to do it anyway. You are just as good as all those squirrels. In fact, you feel like you're better than all those squirrels and you're going to show them and you're going to collect as many nuts as possible and you get really good at it over the years. But one day you realize, oh, wait. I'm a bird. I should really be using these wings. And so you fly up to a branch and from on top of the branch, you can see that there's actually twice as many nuts in the field just next door. And so you see in that way that it wasn't the pushing and the doing and being in the mud and the gathering the nuts that was really where your true value lied. It was actually in how you saw things differently and how you could help the group out by being in a position of more ease. So a projector is someone whose advice is incredibly valuable. They see into people so clearly and people really feel that and people are either into it and open to it and like totally asking for your advice and want to hear what you have to say or they're not into it, they're not ready to hear it, and it's just going to bounce off of them. So a lot of projectors, we just, we have so much to share. We can't wait to share it. We want to get out there and say it. But because our insights are so specific and so on point, they can be challenging for people to hear when they're not ready to hear them. So for projectors, it's all about building that self-worth and not feeling the need to kind of jump the gun and share with everyone just because we think that's what makes us worthy, and instead letting people come to us a little bit more. So again, bringing that ease in and trusting that when we really invest in ourselves, that is when people come to us as those experts that can give those life-changing results. Oh, wow. That's uh, (laughs) interesting. Um, I think uh, that's pretty similar to what I am personally, because I always seem to like to give advice, especially if it's not if it's asked for. I get asked about what my advice would be sometimes. So I see a little bit of a trend when it comes to that. Yes, and definitely keep sharing that advice and keep sharing it with people who ask for it too because then it creates this positive feedback loop where that person has held space for you for the advice to land in their aura and then so they're more likely to be successful when they implement that advice and then come back to you to again ask for that advice. So it just creates this really nice positive feedback loop instead of the other version of it where you're just throwing all that advice out there and you're getting kind of hit back in the face with some of it. Yes. So we've gotten to the last energy type, and I always leave this one to last because these people are just 1% of the population. So oh wow, <laughs> it's, it's unlikely that we would have someone listening that would be a reflector, but we might. So definitely let us know if you're a reflector. But yes, they are the most unique, special souls among us. And they're also non-energy types like the projectors. So again, their worth is not caught up necessarily in their output so much. 
but their charts are going to be completely open. So if you're looking at a chart and it's completely white, there is no color filled in besides some lines, that's how you'll know you're a reflector. So because they have that true openness, they are the ultimate empaths. And they have a very deep potential for wisdom because Mm. we take in so much wisdom through the open areas in our charts and we're able to process it and make these really interesting judgments about life. And reflectors can just do that times a thousand. And they become almost these mirrors to the places they're in, to the people they surround themselves with, even for society. So we always want to be checking in with our reflectors to kind of mirror back to us how things are going. And for reflectors, they always want to be placing themselves in very safe, supportive environments. Um, It's really, really important for them that they're getting rest, that they feel recognized and really loved by the people they surround themselves with because that phrase that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, that's really, really true for the reflectors. So a healthy environment is just going to be really critical for their success. And again, this is one where it's very, very different than how we were kind of raised to think about our energy and how we interact with the world around us. So for them, it's all about cultivating those trusted circles and those safe spaces and just really having a lot of um, care for themselves and really maintaining healthy boundaries, knowing when to say no to the wrong situation or the wrong person. And also knowing that they're not here to define or label themselves. So if you have a very, very open chart, you see a lot of white in it too, you'll get a little bit of this sense as well, where you may be a little more flowy and able to experience different versions of yourself. So I know we're always being told to know who we are and commit to one thing, but for these folks, it's actually about being able to taste all the different flavors of life and bring out those sides of themselves. And it's only 1%, you said? It's only 1%, yes. Jeez. I'm trying to think back onto different like family or friends or people that I've interacted with that may fall into into that category or even all the categories that you mentioned. I can already start kind of pinpointing and positioning what what energy type they are. Yes. Once you find out your own energy type, you're basically going to be asking everyone in your life, all right, I need your exact birth time, please. And just like putting their info in. Yes. And that's through the the website that you referenced Mm -hmm. earlier? Yes. It's mybodygraph.com. It's it's independent. It's free. So it's super easy to use. No, that's awesome. So you've mentioned now these multitude of energy types. Are there some energy types that work best with each other and some that kind of like butt heads? Yeah, that's such a great question. So it's not so much like astrology where you would say, and I don't even know if this is correct, but like a Leo and an Aquarius can just not be together. Um, We actually, the cool thing about human design is that Say in an ideal team of 
five to 10, you would have at least one of each type working Mm. on that team. So they actually end up working really well together. And they work best when we each embody that authentic essence that each type has, because then we're able to really play on the strengths that each of us brings to a project or situation. Wow. Yeah, that makes me think back to uh, my college senior design project where we had multiple people in a group working on one project and you could very easily identify what each person's position or what their roles were going to be in the group very, very quick into the project. (laughs) And it's probably because of those different energy types. So what if one of our listeners or any of our listeners wants to go and book something with you? What do you offer through your website? Yeah. So as I mentioned, when I first directed people to go look up their chart, if you look this up, it is going to look absolutely wild to you and make no sense. And that is completely fine. You are not here to have to read the chart by yourself. So that's kind of where I come in. So I actually didn't end up getting a full-on chart reading until I had known about human design for a year, which is really wild because I told you guys it resonated so deeply with me. I learned I was a projector and I just felt like so much changed for me and so much finally made sense. But I kind of, I almost think I wasn't ready to learn how powerful I was. So I kind of try to piece it together from the internet. And there's a certain amount of that that you can do if you do start to really get into it. I don't love a lot of the information on the internet. It's kind of stodgy and like these terms are so strange and you can get caught up in these weird rabbit holes. So that's kind of where I come in is if you, if it resonates with you, if the energy type stuff is is clicking, then you would come to me and we do a reading together. So there's so many things that we're not even going to talk about today. I'll just throw out some crazy words for you guys, but it's gates, channels, profile, strategy, authority, incarnation cross. None of these words mean anything to the average person, but they're all things that I can see in your chart that really come together to paint this very full picture of you. And they go way beyond energy type into the gifts that you came here to share, lessons that you came here to learn, where maybe you weren't sent here to be innately amazing at something because none of us were sent here to be great at everything. And you can have a little more forgiveness for yourself in those areas, cover purpose, um, areas where you're particularly sensitive to the energy of other people. So there's just so much that your chart holds. So if you're looking at it right now and just not understanding it at all, that is where I come in. So what are the benefits of getting a human design reading? Like what can we do with the information once you've explained it to us? It's so much information. Uh, Whenever I finish a reading, everyone's just sitting there like, oh my gosh, okay, what do I do next? (laughs) (laughs) The, The number one thing I think that people find is that they're able to just show up as themselves a little bit more. And 
maybe that's not really a measurable outcome. But for me, I know personally, it made a huge difference when I was able to let go of the things that I knew innately weren't part of me, that I just kind of needed someone from an outside perspective to speak back to me. The interesting thing about human design and when I read for people is that these are often qualities that they've known about themselves all along. And it's just so validating when you hear that from an outside source. So that's kind of my number one with it. And then also you get to hear about the gifts that you innately have and you start to value those a little bit more and you stop doubting yourself so much. So I know something that really, it didn't surprise me, but it was something that I maybe wasn't willing to admit um, was that in my chart was a very strong leadership quality. And I had been very nervous to step into that role Again, I'll bring up as women, I think a lot of us are, you know, you're just not raised to necessarily embody those qualities that we typically associate with a leader. Um, But there's also a very different feminine leadership style that I think a lot of us are bringing to the table that's really benefiting the world right now. And so hearing that gave me a chance to step back and say, okay, actually, maybe I am meant to lead. And how can I bring that into my life a little bit more and stop being so scared of it? And speaking of scared, we'll identify some of your fears too in charts. And those can be really validating to hear as well. Just like, okay, I wasn't making this all up in my head. There's something to this. And this is something that my soul wants to work through. Like there's some karma in this for me to work through in this lifetime. That's really interesting that all those different factors kind of play into making yourself like more self-aware of what you're capable of and what maybe your possible pitfalls are and ways that you can overcome it. So now we mentioned earlier that you were an artist and on looking at your website, we see that you offer custom soul portraits What made you want to create those really individualized art pieces and what inspiration goes into actually creating those pieces? Mm, That's so sweet that you asked about (laughs) that. Those are really my passion projects. And like I said before, I came from a very creative spiritual upbringing. So I have been an artist my whole life and it was a huge part of my honestly daily life, probably until I was about 18 years old and decided I didn't really have time for it anymore. So let it fall away. Again, Mm. I just, I have to say PSA to anyone who's resonating this right now, like just pick up the paint, start dancing again, start drawing again. It is so healing. Um, So I did, you know, eventually come back to art and I realized that I wanted to express this work through portraiture. And I was just sitting on my couch one day and I had a vision of how I wanted to paint my best friend who I had just read for. And it came through to me as her, as this figure kind of floating through the air with this moon. She's actually actually a reflector. And so the moon is really tied into reflectors. They'll notice they're a lot more connected to the moon than their other solar energy type counterparts. And 
just all these little things from her chart were coming through as I closed my eyes. And this was actually at the beginning of quarantine. And it just became this outlet for me that was very healing to do for myself. And then I also realized it was very healing for others. So I'll, I will, I guess you could say channel these portraits and they often come out as people's highest selves. Um, when they've never told me anything about their highest self. I am, again, just doing this off of their chart, their birth, time, date, and place. Um, But we really connect to something otherworldly and really document all of those aspects of your chart through art. And the hope is that I'll be able to work with other people when we're out of this whole quarantine situation to have them actually be their own artist because I do believe that's such an important aspect of spirituality is really channeling it into creativity. And it's not about the finished product. It's not how what you're creating looks at the end of the day. It's really about the feelings that you're moving through as you take the time to create. That sounds really cool and very unique. I definitely haven't heard of custom soul portraits wow. before. So that's it's very cool that you offer that. And you also write as well, um, am I correct? I do write. Yes, I love to write. And nowadays, most of my writing is spent on content. I know mm-hmm. we're all so caught up in content these days. But <laughs> yes. it, it is, it's a blessing that that's part of my job. Um is just putting out that content, educating. Um, I try to do creative writing as well, and that's something I do with other people too. But I find that writing is very similar to art in that it just, if we let ourselves be a little more fluid with it and stop judging it so much, it can really help us work through so many things. So even just taking the time to journal every day and pick a unique prompt and just write without judgment will get you so far. And I see those things as such an integral part of this work. So what does a typical day look like for you? And like, what do you do to decompress between your your professional and your personal life? Ooh, great question. And something I'm still adjusting to, (laughs) especially I think a lot of us are really having a hard time figuring out what a typical day looks like even now, even though we're a few months into this situation. But I do try to take a slow morning. So I am a huge fan of slow mornings. I do recommend them for all projectors. So Diana, please fit in slow mornings where you can. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But I know, easier said than done, right? And I'm not a huge morning routine person. So This is actually something that will come through in your human design chart too, but whether structure and routine kind of works for you or whether you can be a little more fluid. And I find for me that being more fluid just sets me up for success throughout the day. So whatever a slow morning means to me, that's how I like to start. And then I'll typically start my day by doing a reading, but not actually doing a reading, just preparing for it. So 
the interesting thing about human design is that I don't just pull up your chart and immediately know everything about it. There's really an art to how I like to put it together and package it for you in a way that's going to land. Um, As Mm. I mentioned before, there's all of these insane terms in human design, but I don't ever even mention those when I do my readings because this is all about making it really sticky for you and actually giving you something actionable to take away from the reading instead of just remembering all these crazy numbers. So I'll start by preparing that. And then I will probably write some content and bring some creativity into the day, whether that's journaling or potentially if I do have a portrait to work on doing that and doing readings in the afternoon, which is when I get to connect with people face to face. And somehow, I guess, shutting off towards the end of the day. But the the truth of it all is that I am a projector and I have limited em- energy and I recognize that and I will run out of energy by about six o'clock. So kind of just paying attention to that natural shutdown that I have and not fighting it and just saying, all right, now is the perfect time to take a walk or call my mom or read a book. And just, yeah, just leaning into that, leaning into what feels good. So what do you do for self-care after you've done all that you've needed to do throughout the day? I am a huge proponent of self-care not having to be super complicated and also Mm -hmm. not having to be super woo-woo. So Sometimes my self-care is Real Housewives. I know you can. (laughs) Oh, we love it. (laughs) You can be spiritual and still want to watch the Housewives. Oh, I love that (laughs) because I'm going to watch that later. (laughs) Uh, I am behind and you're making me want to watch it later too. Okay, we'll just get, we'll get on a group call and just all watch it together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, sometimes my self-care looks you know, really silly like that. But sometimes I do like to get into the woo-woo. So something that's really big for me and that I'll actually be being trained in myself is energy healing. I'm a huge proponent of energy work. Um, I didn't think it would be powerful, distant, um, but it actually is. I started doing distant energy healing or receiving, I should say, at at the beginning of quarantine, and it's something that just has kept my energy really, really strong. So again, that's something like human design where a lot of people haven't tried it, and it can seem a little weird, but a huge, huge proponent of that. And also just reading a good book. I always come back to reading. I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Reading's good. I love reading myself. So so what are there any like resources our readers can use to get into human design, like a podcast or, you know, a discussion board, a website, anything like that you can recommend? Yeah. So we're still kind of I think we're still at the very infancy of human design finding its way on the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no central hub for it quite yet. If you do poke around the My Body Graph website, you will find 
some stuff, but again, it's not really going to make too much sense to you. So it's really about kind of finding the people that you like to follow on Instagram. That's almost the easiest way to do it. Obviously, I share a lot on there, so please look out for me. But I also love AC Brown. Um, She's really wonderful, and she channels messages to go along with her um, her, uh, sharings for kind of the week for each energy type. And I love Jenna Zoe as well. She's the person that trained me, and she's really fantastic. So it's kind of about finding your personal human design guide and then just learning from them. The books, I honestly can't recommend either. They are like textbooks. So if you're really into this, you can buy one of those books. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's like being back in college. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Not a light morning reading, I take it. Not a light morning (laughs) reading. Yes. I I actually don't count reading my human design books as part of my self-care. They are explicitly work. Gotcha. Gotcha. So where can we tell our listeners to learn more about you and um, your human design reading? Yeah, I mean, I would love to talk to everyone about this. I could talk everyone's ear about this all day off. Um, There's just so much to go through. And I know you guys are going to have so many questions when you pull up your chart. So I am here for it. I'm on Instagram at Graciela A. Razor. And my website is GracielaRazor.com, and that's where you can book a reading with me. And I also have a free resource that I think you guys would really love to work through after this. It's an energy type guide that has all kinds of action steps and journaling prompts and just clarity for when you're really in those beginning stages of wanting to really bring human design into your life more. So that's free on my website if you just sign up for my email list. I actually did that and I got my guide earlier this week. So I'm excited to to look through it. Ooh, I'm excited. For now you. that I have a better idea. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been very informative and we've learned a lot because we had no idea what human design was before this. So thank you for breaking it down for us who have no idea what it is. Thank you guys for having me. It was so fun to share this information. I'm always down to spread the word about this. That was a cool reading. I really learned a lot about, you know, how I function a little bit, what my habits are. And um, it's funny that her and I were both projectors. Yeah, but I could automatically tell once she started speaking on the projector side that it was it was directly tied to you, man. <laughs> but just like when she was talking about the manifestors and the generator side, she was just nailing me on the head with all these different points and the way I act and my personality type. I mean, hey, it's more than we could have asked for for an interview guest. Yes, it is. And I love how she said we work well together. And um, especially when we're together, like in public or anything, it's just like, (laughs) we just mesh well together. I so agree. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share our podcast. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace.